0: Tonight, we roll back the clock and enter the world of 1935 Bellingham. Like our world, it is filled with the same street corners, buildings, and boats. But take a turn down one of the dark alleys off Holly Street, and you could find yourself tangling with much darker things than shadows. Presenting, Bellingham Terror. Our story begins in the sleepy historic district of Bellingham known as Fairhaven. It's a quiet little town that oozes into the bay. In 1892, it was a booming community, but now has settled into its shoes with soft brick buildings and pleasant boardwalks. David Phillips, investigative reporter for the Bellingham Herald, has been sent down to Fairhaven to talk to the homeless community that spends the cool autumn nights in the shadows of the old shops.
1: So how do you spell your name? Rutledge. R-U-T-T-L-E-D-G-E. Tom Rutledge. I've been living down here for about five years now. And how old are you? Oh, 86, give or take a year. At a certain point, it doesn't so much matter the exact amount. They all just add up to old. So how did you come to end up here? Well, I, I once was a wealthy man, if you can imagine that. I was a merchant. I helped finance transports of rice and textiles from the Orient. China? Japan? Yes. I got together investors, and they would put down the money. The ship would come, and I would arrange for the goods to be sold at the local markets. The profit would pay off the investors and provide me with a decent paycheck. What happened? We hit rough times. The shipping routes changed. Seattle became more influential, and it became harder to convince boats to dock here. The investors wanted their money back. But I always was able to pick myself back up until... What, what happened? You ever been in love, son? Truly in love? No. Well, there's a girl, but... Uh... Love is a wonderful thing. When you have it, it's everything. When it's gone, you are nothing. Just nothing. So what do you do for work now? Oh, I do some repair work down at the train station once in a while, but these hands are old. They don't quite work as well as they used to, but I can make enough to get a bowl of soup, my cigarettes, and a blanket to keep me warm in the night. Do you have any family around? Not anymore. Hey, I have a much better story for you than printing my drivel. Come over here. Stand in this corner. Look up the street, towards the Mason block. The old building on Harrison 12th? Yeah. Now, it's almost 6 p.m. The sun is just setting. See that window up on the top left? What you getting at? Keep looking. This... uh,
2: Wait, wait. There's a woman in a long green dress standing there. She's looking at the water. She looks so pale, like a reflection in a mirror. She's
1: been there every night for the last month. Do you often stare at women in windows? Well, I can't blame a fellow for noticing, but you're missing the best part of this little mystery. What's that? The room where she is has been empty for 20 years. Really? Then what is she doing there? I don't know. I just see her, looking out at the bay. You're the reporter. Find out. I don't know if that's really newsworthy. Trust me, it's worth asking about.
3: Hello? This is June Harper.
2: Hi, it's me, David. Uh, How are you doing?
3: Oh, David, it's so good to hear from you. I was worried something had happened. Uh, What's going on? Something has happened, hasn't it? Wow. Something crazy and supernatural, and we need to get to the bottom of it. Tell me, what's going on?
2: Nothing. Nothing nothing is going on. Uh, I was just just calling to, uh, well... uh...
3: Spit it out, come on.
2: I, okay. Uh, you see, I'm I'm in a bit of a bind right now. Why is that? Well, I want to ask you if you're free this Saturday night, so I could take you to dinner, and then we could watch the sunset or something. But I'm getting really nervous about it.
3: Well, if it helps, I'm going to say yes.
2: It it does. That's that's very comforting. You're welcome. June, can I take you out to dinner?
3: I'd love to. Pick me up at six p.m.
2: Can we make it five thirty? There's something I want to show you first. Okay, stand right here on this corner. Okay. Now you see the bay. The sun is just beginning to set.
3: David, what are you getting at here?
2: You'll see, you'll see. Now, Now look over towards the mason block building. Look up to the top window. Do you see her?
3: Her who? I don't see- Oh, wow. You see her? Yeah. That woman in the green dress? Gosh, she's so pale. Almost translucent.
2: That's what I want you to see. I think she's a ghost. What? No one has been in that room for 20 years, but there's more than that. See how old her dress looks, the weird way she moves? Apparently, she only appears at the window right at sunset to watch the water.
3: I don't know.
2: Wait, so now I'm the believer and you're the skeptic?
3: I'm just saying, a ghost in Fairhaven?
2: It's an old town. But a ghost? If nothing else, it will give us something interesting to talk about over
4: dinner.
3: Oh, David, that was a wonderful meal.
2: Well, you are very welcome, my lady.
3: Careful there. Don't get too chivalrous or you won't get your good night kiss.
2: I'll try to keep my nobler intentions in check.
3: Hey, let's go ask about that lady in green.
2: Just pop into the mason block and see if there's a strange lady
0: wandering around?
3: Yes, that's exactly what we should do. Let's go.
0: June and David step into mason block. Inside, a simple wooden plaza is surrounded by a variety of stores. Large, arching wooden staircases made their way up the floors to studios, apartments, and offices. Soft green rugs and stained glass windows gave the whole building a sense of agelessness.
3: Wow, I haven't actually been in here before.
2: Neither have I. I always walk right past it on the way to the train.
3: Come on, let's see what's in that top room with our lady. Come on, keep up.
2: Sure are a lot of stairs to get to the top.
3: It's dusty up here. All these studios are dark and locked up.
2: It should be the one in the corner with the view of the bay.
3: 405, 406, here we go, 407.
2: Just like I said, locked up tight.
3: If only we could see through this frosted window.
5: Can I help you with something? Uh! Ah! I'm sorry. I have a skin condition. It isn't pleasant to look upon.
3: No, no, you just startled us. I didn't hear you come up.
5: My name is Lucas Grooft. I'm the property manager for the Mason Block. No one really comes up here, so I was wondering if you need assistance with something. We're just wondering who owns this suite. I'm not sure, but I believe it was once owned by Harkin and Company. That was back at the turn of the century. Now I'm not sure who owns the deed to it.
3: So is it used much these days?
5: Ma'am? No living creature has been up to this floor in quite some while. So if you have no business up here...
2: Yes, we'll be moving along. Thank you for satisfying our curiosity. I do
3: not like that, Mr. Grooved. Something about him... He
2: suffers from a skin condition. It's nothing to get all in a twist about.
3: It's not that. He smelled, too, and I just got a weird vibe.
2: Hmm, Well, I'm parked over here.
3: It's just... What? I was just thinking about what Mr. Groove said.
2: It's kind of case closed. No one's been up there.
3: No, that's not quite what he said. No living creature?
2: Oh, you can't be serious. It's just a rhetorical flourish.
3: No, seriously, I think there could be a coast lady at that window.
2: Sure, at this point, why not? Monsters in the bay, magic mirrors, why not ghosts, too?
3: Maybe she's trying to tell us something. Or warn us. I had a lovely night.
2: As did I. So can I call you sometime?
3: Absolutely. Especially once you figure out who owns that suite in Mason block. Really? No second date without working on this mystery, bucko. Yes, ma'am. Owen David? Yes, June? Thank you for dinner.
0: The Next Day David heads down to the county auditor to track down the owner of Studio 407. Sir, I'm having
2: trouble finding the records on this piece of property. Yes? What piece of property is that? I'm looking for the uh, tax returns or assessor's report on Studio 407 in the Mason block. Hmm. We don't have a great deal of information about the Mason block here. Just the whole place is owned by Laurie Stevens, who manages the property. Really? Because uh, yesterday I met the property manager. His name was uh, Lucas Grooft. Not what we have here, and these have been updated every three months. Interesting, but not really what I'm looking for. Uh, Mr. Groof said the suite was owned by Harkin and Company. Do you have any information on them?
5: Harkin, Harkin, Harkin... No, sir.
2: Nothing here. Perhaps they've incorporated before we started keeping records here. You might want to check the history department at the school. They keep a good deal of records from the turn of the century. Washington State Normal School has these sort of things? Or uh, Western Washington College, or whatever they're calling themselves these days? Yes, they might have what you're looking for. Oh, well, I hope so.
3: Hello, this is June Harper speaking.
2: Hey, June, it's me.
3: David, how are you?
2: I'm good. I looked into our little mystery.
3: Oh, did you find out who owns the studio in the Mason block?
2: Uh, I'm afraid not. But you remember Mr. Groove to mentioning and Company as possible owners? Yes. Okay, they have no holdings or records in the county assessor's office, but the people there think that your history department would.
3: Appear on campus?
2: Yeah. Tag, you're it.
3: Really? I set one simple requirement for a second date, and you need help with it?
2: Consider it my requirement for your next date with me.
3: Fine. Not because of you, because I want to know what this lady is trying to say.
2: Okay. Call me when you know.
3: History Department Office. I hope it's more exciting than it sounds. Can I help you? Hi, I'm looking up an old
4: company that used to operate out of Bellingham. I'm curious where to start. Well, here at the archives. We have all the records from the area dating back to when Washington was a territory. Let's see what we can find.
3: All right, I'm looking for Harkin and Company. They
4: might have owned a sweet and mason block in Fairhaven. That's a wonderful old building. It's one of the oldest in the county. It was once home to a gentleman's club, you know. President Taft and Mark Twain both visited it when they were traveling through the area. Really? Oh, yes. Let's see here. If they owned a suite so close to the bay, I bet they were a trading company. Wealthy entrepreneurs would rent out office space and set up businesses there to give them a legitimate presence. Okay. Okay. So, I have the imports and exports log of the Fairhaven Shipping Center. Let's start there!
3: Aha! Found it! Harkin and Company were responsible for several
4: transports of grain and textiles from here to Hawaii. Hawaii was usually the layover for China, Japan, Singapore and such. Harkin & Company was incorporated
3: by James Harkin, Chase Morgenstern, and Thomas Rutledge. Their office was in Morse Block, and they were receiving funds from all sorts of sources. Look at all
4: these people. The Yeslers, the Olmsteds. Those were some big movers and shakers out of Seattle. Looks like they were doing a booming business. I wonder what happened. Let's find out. Do you have old obituaries here from the paper? Let's see if we
3: could find out what happened to James Harkin.
0: Meanwhile, in the bustling offices of the Bellingham Herald... Hey, David. Yes? Well? Well, what? How'd your date go? Really
2: well. I'm gonna get to see her again soon. I just need to finish this. What are you working on? Apparently playing 20 questions. I'm looking for references to the Mason block and some of the old records. That old building in Fairhaven? Yeah. Did you know it once was a brothel before Washington became a state? Back when we were a Territory, a lady known as Madam Scarlet ran a brothel out of the building. Eventually, when we became a state, the local police cleaned the place up, and it became Cascade Gentleman's Club. Sounds like a classy place to take a girl on a date. A whorehouse! Shouldn't you be working on your actual stories you have to do? Yeah, I just have to finish writing this piece about your mother. <laughs> Sticks and stones, my friend. Hey, I looked that name up you asked me about. Lori Stevens? Apparently she has just been reported missing. A couple neighbors noticed she hadn't been in or out of her house in almost a month. Her family hasn't heard from her either. Really? Yeah. All right, my photos are done. See you at poker night? You bet. Lori Stevens missing. I wonder if Mr. Grooft has more than one secret to hide.
3: Here we go, an obituary. James Harkin, successful businessman, died today at the age of 87. James Harkin was born in Portland, Oregon, and is succeeded by his only son, Marcus Harkin. His wife, Flora Harkin, passed away during childbirth at the age of 30. Harkin was well-known to the residents of Fairhaven for his efforts to bring more trade ships to the port and his hand in the SS Clarion sinking. The ship-bearing cargo went down and lost the investment of many prominent businessmen. Harkin and company bore the brunt of the criticisms and was forced to disband in disgrace. Harkin continued to finance trade ships and continued till he retired at age 65.
4: Sounds like you've got your answer.
3: I wonder if his son is still living around here. He would know who owns the suite.
2: David Phillips with the Bellingham Herald. Hello.
3: Seriously? That's how you answer your home phone, too?
2: I'm sorry. It's been a long day.
3: Well, I have some good news for you. I think I've found the key to our ghostly friend. What'd you find? Harkin and company own the suite, yes, and Harkin himself is dead, but he has a son who lives in the area. Really? Yes, one Mark Harkin. He lives out on Pole Road. I have his address if you want to pay him a visit.
2: June, I think we've stumbled onto something more important than your ghost woman.
3: What's with the tone? Are you losing faith?
2: Look, I I know we've seen some strange things, but I feel like this is- This
3: is what? A wild goose chase? You showed her to me, remember?
2: Yeah, just as a little excitement, so our date seems special. Oh, so I'm
3: not special enough for us.
2: No, no, that's that's not what I meant. I mean, you keep twisting my words.
3: So you get me all curious about a ghost, but you don't actually believe she's there, do you?
2: I, I don't know. A, a woman could have snuck up there, or maybe a weird reflection. David, you saw her. I, yes, I saw her, June, but I'm not convinced that she's a ghost. There's something else, June. I, I think Mr. Grooft has killed the old property manager. What? Lori Stevens is the property manager, but she was reported missing. This fella shows up, claims to be the property manager, and no one bats an eye?
3: I'm sure someone just hired him to take care of things while the police tracked down what happened to Miss
2: Stevens. Who hired him? Lori Stevens was the owner and manager. She ran the show. If she's gone missing, who would find her replacement?
3: Her family? I don't know. It doesn't mean that he's a murderer. Besides, don't the police handle this? What are you, Dick Tracy now?
2: No need to get your collar up.
3: Oh, I'm just warming up, mister. I want to know, yes or no, do you think that we saw a ghost or did you play along these last couple days so you could see me again?
2: No. I was honestly curious about the mason block. Yeah, your murder case. It's nobody's case. Look, I'll I'll pick you up and we'll go talk to this Mark. Yeah. This Mark, and and we'll see what he knows, okay?
3: Don't make it a big burden.
2: It's no trouble. I want to get to the bottom of this.
3: (sighs) So do I. Hello. Are you Mark Harkin?
2: Yes. What is it? My name is
6: David Phillips and this is June Harper and we have kind of a strange question for you. Come in. It's late and strange questions are always handled best with a cup of tea. Thanks. Wow,
3: you're quite trusting, aren't you?
6: No reason I shouldn't be. Should I be worried? Uh, No, no. We we wanted to ask you about your father. A cold, distant man who lived a life of money and solidarity. What more is there to say? Are you writing a book or something? Actually, we were curious about
3: one of your father's old properties in Fairhaven.
6: He owned a few. Are you realtors? Not
3: really. Uh, It's it's just... Well, we were walking around in Fairhaven and saw this woman in the topmost corner office of the mason block. But no one's been in there...
6: Since my father shut the office down after his business partnership dissolved. Yes, that is his old office. Funny thing, I was actually born there. Really? There was no time to get me to a doctor, so my mother had me right there in the office with my father and all his business partners looking on. It was a difficult pregnancy and she died from complications. I guess I've always been a burden on my parents.
3: I'm sorry to hear that.
6: I never knew her. My father raised me on his own. After her death, he had a fierce and tumultuous falling out with his partners and friends. He really isolated himself and me. But you said that you saw a woman standing in the room?
3: Yes. She was tall and pale and and wore a green dress.
6: Do you think it was a ghost? Now, now hold on. Yes. We aren't saying that. It's okay. I understand. Hold on a second. You told him you thought it was a ghost? It is a ghost. Just because
3: you're content to be the world's biggest- Here it
6: is. Now, is this the lady you saw?
3: Yes.
2: That's my mother. The resemblance is uncanny.
6: Maybe she is trying to tell us something.
3: David, we have to get in there. We have to try to contact her.
6: I'm afraid I no longer have the key. I own the suite, but my father's personal effects are too buried to be able to locate the appropriate paperwork. Besides, grift isn't exactly helpful. (laughs) Shh.
3: I I bet we could get in there. This wouldn't be the first time I've slipped into a place I didn't belong.
6: I would like to come with you.
3: Of course. I'm not promising anything, but we will give it a try.
2: If we're going to do this, let's do it right. Can you meet us at the Mason Block tomorrow, just before sunset?
6: Yes. I've waited 34 years to meet my mother. I can wait one more day.
2: Where is he?
3: He'll be here, I know it.
2: Look, I'm sorry for not believing you about the whole ghost thing.
3: Still convinced you have a murderer on your hands? Yes. Okay then.
2: What does that have to do with it?
3: You just seem really eager to believe that the normal guy is a murderer, but if someone sees a ghost, oh no, that can't be true. I'm sorry. Forget it. This is too much fun to spoil by being angry at you. Some good old fashioned
6: breaking and entering.
2: Well, hopefully lighter on the braking and heavier on the entering. Good evening, David and June. Are you ready? Should be pretty simple. We slip into the property manager's office, grab the key, make our way up to the top floor without being seen, and open up the studio.
3: Let's go! Okay, there goes Mr. Grooved. God, that's quite a skin condition. He looks like he's falling all to pieces.
2: Be nice.
3: Just remarking. The coast is clear. Go.
2: He left it unlocked. Everyone in. Okay. Desk, stairs to basement, file cabinet.
3: Over here. This is all the keys 404, 405, 406. Here we go. You hold it, Mark. Key to 407.
6: Look at all these sketches and notes. What is this?
3: Well, if it makes you so curious, just grab it. We can look at it when we aren't hanging out in his office.
6: Won't he notice that you're swiping his personal notes? Maybe. Alright, let's use the back staircase.
2: Everything else had that banister along the plaza and can be seen. Let's go.
6: Okay, should be the last one on the right.
2: Here it is. Are you ready? Ready?
6: As I'll ever be. Okay, just some dusty old room. Now what?
3: She always appears around this time.
6: Look, all the furniture has white sheets over it, but this
2: table and the chair. The chair's facing the water. It's a nice view from here. You can see the sun setting over the bay.
3: Look! She's younger than I remember. Hello, son.
6: Mother.
7: It is good to see you.
6: Is it truly you? Are you real?
7: No, Marcus. I'm just a memory come back to this place.
6: Oh, mother. I love you. I have waited so long. Why have you come?
7: Something disturbed me. But I am glad, because there is something I need to tell you about your father. What about him? Do not be too hard on him. tried to punish you for my failings what do you mean oh to be young again love is a wonderful thing when you have it it is everything when it's gone you are nothing i had love when i should have had my marriage vows
6: what are you talking about
7: mark james harkin is not your father what i fear he took his rage on you i was dead i couldn't be punished I
3: am so sorry. You deserved better.
6: I... I... It's okay. I love you.
3: You said you were disturbed. What happened? Someone, Someone is, here. is here. Something, Something dead has risen, risen and walks, walks among, among the living. living. He,
7: draws he draws close. close. Already, Already I am fading. fading. I have For served my purpose. purpose. I love I you, Mark. you, Mark. And tell, tell Tommy, Tommy I love him always.
6: Him always. No! She's gone. She, she faded away. Why did she do that?
5: I think I have a pretty good idea. Grooved! Someone had to shut her up. I was afraid of this. That damn spirit would go and warn someone. She already warned Lori Stevens. I had to take care of that meddlesome woman. Then you confess to the murder of Lori Stevens. Confess? What are you, a cop? Better, a reporter. It doesn't matter. None of you are leaving this room. I have a thirty-eight pistol that says otherwise. Try it, hotshot.
4: Enough
3: of this. We're leaving.
6: I think not. Ah. Uh- June! Oh god, let her go! Did you see how fast he moved? (laughs) Ha 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 ha! Enough of your struggle, woman. I just shot you through
0: the chest. How are you still standing? Lucas Groofed reaches up and rips his shirt open, revealing the rotting chest of a corpse. His skin was graying and peeling back to show the bones of his ribcage. Inside the gaping holes, Mark and David could see his intestines already shriveling away to dust. Oh my
5: god, you're dead! Yes, and I'm not the only one. Soon many of us shall walk the earth again. You have no idea the world we are creating. You must accept it. Accept and become one of us.
2: No! It's like hitting a bag of meat. He doesn't even feel it.
5: Too bad you don't have that luxury.
2: Oh! <laughs> Mark, a little help here?
5: Let him go! Oh. No one will leave this room, even if I have to pull you apart piece by piece.
3: It's bad, Mark, <coughs> outside that door. The, the banister looks pretty flimsy.
5: Mark, you ready? I'll break you into a hundred pieces and feed you to the birds. Now! What What are you doing? Get both his
6: ankles over the edge. <laughs> You. He made quite a splat. I don't think he will be getting up from that. Maybe if he had a bucket? June, are you alright?
3: I'm okay. I'm, I'm okay.
6: I think everything is going to be okay.
2: Hey Mark, what was the last thing your mom said before she disappeared? Tell Tommy I love him always. I wonder who Tommy was. Probably Thomas Rutledge. What?
3: That was his business partner right around that time.
6: That makes sense. They founded Harkin and Company together. I'm sure they saw a lot of each other. I never saw any of his business partners growing up. Thomas Rutledge, are are you sure?
3: Yes, that's what it said up at campus.
2: I just talked to Thomas Rutledge. He lives around here, uh, on the streets. Mark, how would you like to meet your real father? Thomas, you around here?
1: Yeah, I'm here, my boy. Back behind the shop. There's someone I want you to meet. If it's FDR, tell him I already voted. Thomas, meet Mark. Oh. Oh, heavens.
6: Hi, Dad. So I guess that's
3: it.
2: Sure seems that way. You were right about the ghost.
3: And you were right about the murder.
2: A son gets to meet the father he never knew he had and see the mother he missed.
3: Not to mention we managed to bump off another creepy creature crawling around Bellingham
2: This town tends to attract them for some reason.
3: I wonder what Grooft was talking about up there.
2: I'm not sure. I, I still have his notes.
3: Nah, that's another story for another day. Let me have this happy ending.
2: To think this was all because he went on a date with me.
3: What are you saying?
2: Well, it was a pretty good ending, all said and done.
3: I love dates that result in me getting choked by some sort of half-dead ghoul.
2: Not my fault.
3: Come here, mister. I'll give you your happy ending.
2: Love. When it's gone, you're nothing.
3: But When you've got it, it's everything.
0: Listening to Bellingham Terror, The Fairhaven Phantom. Bellingham Terror is written and produced by Riley and Brynna Sweeney and edited by Elise Gowan and Eric Prochnow. Rebecca Powell is the production assistant and Devlin Sweeney, the sound technician. Fairhaven Phantom stars Richard May, Riley Sweeney, John Survey, Brynna Sweeney, Tip Johnson, Bradford Stewart, Karen Powell, Scott Hisdal, Brian Powell, and Emma Burnfield. Thank you for listening to Bellingham Terror, Tales of Suspense and Mystery on 102.3 KMRELP.